The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now, Scratch Band's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick and join the evolution. Scratch Band. More information at scratchband.life. Did you forget my name? <laughs> no, I didn't forget your name. I touched the mic and it made a weird little noise, so I was going to start over again. Oh, okay. I've never forgotten your name. I have not known how to spell it or pronounce it for years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I've never forgotten it. How's it going? Good. How it's are you? Good. It is a beautiful, sunny, slightly chillier day here in Fairbanks today. It's much chillier. Yeah. But I don't go outside anymore, so... I, I did go outside, and it's 10 degrees colder than it was this morning. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's that but kind of there's cold. a new layer of snow out there, and it's kind of pretty. And and Rob still hasn't shoveled his driveway. No. Well, that snow came, like, Saturday, didn't it? <laughs> I don't think my snowblower could even pick it up. My When it's this low, what I do is just drive over it a bunch of times and flatten it. <laughs> Which is, that is a strategy. Each time I go up and down the driveway, I pick a fresh area to squish down. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I plow. But uh, we wanted to talk today about Valerian. This was your choice. Valerian the... City and the City of a Thousand Planets. Correct. Yes. And this is a movie that was based on a comic book. Mm-hmm, a graphic novel. Which I didn't realize beforehand. It was French. That's probably why you hadn't heard oh, of it. Oh, right. Yeah. And so I came into this knowing zero, absolutely nothing. And I, <laughs> I, so I didn't know what, what the heck this thing was. And it starts off just immediately with incredible special effects and animations. And I was like, whoa, they had some money mm-hmm. for this thing. There's some great cameos. I wouldn't say cameos, but there's well, some I guess you call them cameos. cameos. Mm-hmm. There are great cameos. So there was a big budget for this film, but it was independently funded. And... The director, Luc Besson, was the director who is responsible for The Fifth Element. Mm, so if you've mm-hmm. seen The Fifth Element, this movie will look familiar in many ways. Mm-hmm. And if you walk into the movie not knowing what to expect, it can be very exciting. Like It's like a visual... Oh, I don't even know what kind of analogy I was going to say after that. But it, visually, it's just like this onslaught for 40 minutes. The cornucopia? <laughs> A visual treat? (laughs) It must be Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a visual calliope. Calliope. (laughs) I don't know. We don't hear hear very much anymore. My daughter has a friend or a a girl in her school named Calliope, and I love it. 
Really? Yeah, what a wonderful name. Yeah. But I'm getting us off track. It's visually stunning. The yes. the two main actors are neither one is really a well-known movie star. Dane DeHaan and Clara Delevingne, I believe. That's how you pronounce her last name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're not super well-known, and it is hard to take them seriously as these really top-notch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Special agents for essentially what is Space Force. Exactly. These, like, <laughs> invaluable assets to Space Force. Um, it's not really it, Space Force, but yeah. No, but, yeah, there's definitely a thing of, like, huh, I'm having to suspend a lot of disbelief here right now. Especially when they throw in cameos that had a lot of clout. Right. So they had Ethan Hawke in there. Right. And Rihanna. Right. And John Goodman. Right. Who was As a voice, voice acting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Clive Owen. Who's oh, really yeah. Creepy. He does a good creepy He He does guy. a good creepy. Yeah. And then from left field, when nobody expected to see as a cameo, Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was awesome, too. Kind of phones that one in a little bit, but well, he's on a screen. <laughs> <laughs> when you see him, he's always on a screen, but right. he's still acting, right? Which is surprising to me yeah. that he is acting. Now, this is was your choice, so we can go wherever you want to go with this. But I was, you know, since we tend to focus on technology, I was wondering if you wanted to talk about some how technology is depicted in this film. But you can say no, and we can talk about something else. <laughs> well, no, let's let's talk about it because right from the beginning. We are presented with an intro to this movie that is all technology. It's all CG. Mm-hmm. So just from a CG point of view, the introduction to the movie is um, a, a short scene on a planet we've never encountered before with a race of aliens we've never encountered before. Um, oh, that is that follows the introduction, the actual introduction to the movie that explains how the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. became space station alpha it's an excellent montage intro that quickly gets you up to speed because this is 300 years in the future i believe yes yeah and it's a it's a really effective montage showing the advancement of the space station over the years as more and more countries come on board and they start piling more and more attachments onto this thing until it becomes sort of massive it becomes massive, uh, but then like they actually walk us through at the same pace. They're showing all of the different Earth countries coming up to the space station. They're like, and then there were aliens, and there was this mm-hmm. alien and that alien, and they didn't know how to shake hands, but they learned how to shake hands, and everybody was friends. We made this big space station, and then it got so big that it was a danger to Earth, and we had to jettison it out into space. Yep. Yeah. So they did a great job of that. So I guess, our, I guess we you seem to be alluding to is that the technology that just made the movie is pretty amazing. <laughs> I was getting <laughs> and there, I was talking I more, about, yeah. <laughs> more about the technology that's, that's depicted in the movie too. Which do we talk about first? So that was interesting just seeing how they depicted that entire technological development from the, what we know now today mm-hmm. to the world that they're building for the movie. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. So now can we talk about the technology that was in the movie? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they have basically a holodeck. That's one of the first scenes you see that involves technology. 
Yeah, which seems like it would make space travel much more tenable. You're mm-hmm. not just staring at your um, co-passengers over bland food and a fluorescent lit or LED lit and cabin. The, you actually get to go the anywhere you want. Stale smell of oh, gym gosh. locker, which is apparently what the space station smells like. Rose. <laughs> you can't exactly open the windows and air things out up there. I guess you can't burn a candle either. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Oops. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, you know, just the holodeck kind of opening, which we've seen before. And I think, I don't know, I sort of saw it coming like, all right, these are, you know, future people. Just show us when the holodeck turns off. But, um, <laughs> you know, one of the depictions of technology that really struck me was when they are touring the marketplace that's in a alternate dimension so everyone basically has to wear what looks like ar glasses big market yeah (laughs) that's a pretty cool scene and so yeah i mean what what were your thoughts on the that before we even get to see big market we have the the team that's infiltrating the the deal that's about to go down inside of big market. Mm -hmm. And so someone on that team has been designated to take over control of the big market security. But the way that that they take over big market security is to essentially shoot one of the guards with a dart that allows the person, the team member to remotely take control through an augmented reality system to drive another being mm-hmm. um, and let them be their eyes and ears, which I think was really an interesting thing that was really unexpected right out of the gate. I wasn't expecting them to just inhabit another alien um, to accomplish this mission. Yeah. Pretty crazy idea. And I mean, not, not impossible. No. I mean, certainly technically impossible right now, but I mean, all, all the signals that are going around in your brain from your eyes and controlling your limbs in theory you could plug a port in <laughs> and nobody ever talks about somebody taking over your body with augmented reality so that's definitely not part of the air discourse right now yeah right so it's an interesting so, idea yeah that's a little bit creepy and then so basically from the ground with his vr or i guess it's kind of a vr ar headset he's controlling this guard and so yeah you're right. But then they, they get, there's basically a tour group that's going into the marketplace. They get their AR headsets so they, they do can do such a good job with that. See, they group. do. <laughs> and the tour guide is really convincing. He is. I mean, it feels He's like it's really pulled character. straight from a tour or two that I might have been on. And so they don't really, I forget, do they have haptic? They have gloves. Gloves, that's right. That mm-hmm. lets them interact with the things that are available for purchase in Big Market that they're looking at through the goggles. Mm-hmm. So as people from one dimension, they're walking through this other dimension, dimensional market slash mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to get the things out, they have a trans-dimensional converter. I love essentially, that. Essentially. Yeah, that was really cool, the idea that you acquire something basically in virtual reality, put it on a conveyor, and then it gets converted to real life. It was really cool. 
They present a technology too, which seems like there might be more technologies that are similar that when dealing with different interacting with different dimensions, effectively what it looked like was allowing you to have a back door into a dimension. Mm. So you can kind of sneak into a part of a dimension where somebody wasn't expecting you. And that to me is really crazy. Mm-hmm. And no one can see you. And no one can see you until. But the, he hmm? he has that weird box that allows just part of his body right. to exist in that world. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It's really bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I I mean these are pretty relevant things as well you know meta in the metaverse from Facebook begins to start start to from take Facebook. shape. From Facebook. This is what we're going to say about the metaverse. I it's don't from know Facebook. What. Well, they're, you know, you starting say, their own. Well, let's let's give Neil Stevenson credit. Okay. And I'm sure there's somebody before that too I should be saying. Whatever meta thing that Facebook is making <laughs> that's in the news now that Meta is making. <laughs> I mean, your sentence is way too meta. And then, you know, we've had Second Life for like a decade or more. Well, the world um, in Snow Crash, too, um, is presented as being this dystopian, this outcome of, from a dystopian world where people are trying to escape to mm-hmm. that has all of its inherent problems, I think. Um,. It's not a hard stretch to imagine a universe that has multiple dimensions that operate in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, a friend of mine was just in a virtual conference on Saturday and said that they had breakout sessions where you could go into little worlds mm-hmm. and wander around and go like visit um, poster boards for people um, showing their scientific research and then when you when you went to that poster board and clicked on it then you basically were dropped into a zoom with those people and they could play games in this meeting you could join a game as well so what if you're wandering around that world and there's someone watching what you're saying but you can't see them um right and so that's you know that's pretty much here but yet depicted in valerian as a, a much more um, fully developed issue, but mm-hmm. still, that's that's round. People are already bombing zooms anyway, so but they tend to make their presence known. So yeah, that was a very interesting depiction of technology. I had a little bit of an issue at one point. They say like you're twelve light years away. How are you going to get here so fast? Or you're three light years away. How are you going to get there? We'll be there in twelve seconds. I was like, hmm. A, you have to have faster than light travel. You have to have faster than light travel. And B, wouldn't everyone there then be like a thousand years old by the time you got there? (laughs) So some poetic license that they're taking with this Mm -hmm. super fast travel. But maybe there's a wormhole that that somehow gets around the theory of relativity or whatever it is, time dilation. (laughs) Yeah. Was there any other technology depicted in in the film that struck you or there's a lot that's in there um the visuals are interesting it's this base station that i thought um was also compelling there's this because they spend so much let me back up for a second because the world that is built in this movie 
which is relatively a short amount of time, is an amazing world. And the CG is done well enough that it's easy to, to suspend one's disbelief to kind of get sucked into what's happening. And so Big Market is one place where they really do that well. And then when they're showing the different parts of Space Station Alpha, I think it's, I was really impressed. There are a few scenes where you're just taken from different habitats where you're in like a, a multi-level city. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen The Fifth Element, it's kind of a situation like that. And then you're dropped into a different type of world that's like an underwater world. And you just keep going through all of these little habitats. And you're like, how in the world are can you sustain a space station with all of these types of things going on with different types of pressure and different mm-hmm. aliens that are in there and life support systems and gravity and gravity. They always like to just be like, activate the gravity system and just, or not even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some kind of gravity here. Right. And they don't spend a lot of time in the movie at all explaining how the technology works. Mm-hmm. They are, they're just like, this is technology and this is working. And there's enough from context that you can kind of gather what's going on. So seeing how the space station functions and how everybody is kind of getting along in that shared space is interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you have little details like uh, the scene where Valerian's character, well, actually there's like the space police essentially. And um, this unknown group of people uh, comes in and crashes their, their meeting. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a really exciting meeting when somebody comes in and crashes it. Mm-hmm. Um, Valerian's character has this little robotic spider. Oh, right. Did you remember that? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so the aliens come in, well, the, uh, the, the mysterious aliens come in and start shooting everybody with this non-lethal goo mm-hmm. that incapacitates everybody. Sort of like a spider encasing a, a fly. Yeah. But much faster. That's yeah. a good analogy. Mm-hmm. And right before he gets encased in this goo, Valerian's like, oh, I have this little robot spider that I have handy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to quick put it in my mouth. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> For when I need it. And it saves him, essentially. He that can get out. And... Spider somehow knows to pop out and also knows to cut him free. It'd be cool to have a little handy robot spider, though. I would... That would be, you know, working on a car, how handy it would be to have a little spider come around and reach stuff. That screw, the screw that you dropped? Was yeah. Was a bolt or a screw? It was a bolt. Yeah. Oh, right. that I dropped in the DeLorean. If I could have dropped a little spider in there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that would save me so much horror. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's it reminds me too of a great Errol Morris documentary called Fast, Cheap, and Out of Control, in which they have an interview with an MIT roboticist who talks about in the future there will be little creatures like robot mites that will be on your screen and they'll come and they'll clean all the dust off your screen and it's like nanotechnology yeah and it's like well before we get that we're gonna have screens that don't get dust like those old boob tubes did but anyway (laughs) i mean we have phones now that are um fingerprint resistant yeah right but anyway it reminded me of the idea of having little robots around that could, I mean, imagine little cleaning robots getting getting all those those little spots like in your sink. Imagine if you could pour robots into your sink. I don't care about my sink. And, I care about my toilet. Clean my toilet. Oh yeah. Well, we already reviewed. We already reviewed we already, toilets. We already looked at the toilet 
cleaner robot. <laughs> Where Rob decided that he would rather replace his toilet than clean it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to let that one go since that's a funnier depiction of what reality was. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> rather than clean my toilet, I just bought a new one. <laughs> That's such an easy that's, solution. That's, it's, you know, it's not that far from the truth. But anyway, uh, yeah. And, okay, so I told you that this film was still fresh in my mind, but maybe I never fully understood. What was the thing that they were so, that they were fighting about, that like weird box that was worth so much money? The mule converter. Yeah. The mule converter is not a box. The mule converter was in the box. The mule converter was the weird armadillo that oh. seems to poop pearls out okay. of its Okay, I must have gotten confused. <laughs> it was really disturbing trying to figure out what that thing was doing. It was copying anything that it, it ate. Yeah, when you see it in the beginning, you're like, is it pooping those pearls? or it, look, it's, it's, it's like coming out of its stomach in a creepy way. It could be pooping. It could be coming out of its stomach or just okay. like coming out from under. The box threw me off. Bless you. <laughs> oh, so look sorry. at that. I'm clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that was going to get away with that one. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. The mule can be... That's not really technology. That's just an animal that eats stuff and makes copies of it. Yeah, but it does make many appearances, and it's kind of like the main plot point for the mm-hmm. entire movie. Everybody right. wants it because it can copy anything. Right. As long as you can fit it in its mouth. True. That was kind of... An... But it seemed like... High energy things could be small in that universe mm-hmm. and power spaceships. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything. I mean, there's definitely plenty of cool technology in there, but. There's cool technology. They had um, communicators, not unlike the communicators <sighs> right. for space, space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for Star Trek. Right. <laughs> But uh, you would need to have lots of different, lots of communicators with that many different alien. Yeah, alien a little thing they s- they slap on their neck, and then suddenly everyone can speak English. Mm-hmm. It's another little quick way around. But you know, as I spend day after day after day studying Spanish, part of me knows that in the future you won't have to do this <laughs> somehow, either through you know, earbuds or something, you won't, it'll auto translate. It's practically there already. I was going to say, your phones, our phones are, phones are already, there. you know, you can, you can point your phone at um, text in a foreign language and it will convert it on screen in the same font. It's amazing. That's been around for like 10 years. So, yeah. The um, thing that I thought was um, a little bit creepy, but plausible too, was the playlist of, um, former lovers slash girlfriends that Valerian had yeah. set up in the spaceship, which I could see it was like a contact list. But the way it was presented was um, an interesting way to prove a point during that conversation. It seemed like a physical <laughs> manifestation of sort of a, a I don't know, what would you call it? Like a black a, book. A, yeah. But almost like a mental fantasy that people have had. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you go through a little, like, just kind of remembering people you've been with. Oh, I see. I see. That's what it kind of reminded me of. But yeah, I could see it as a black book, too. Yeah. But the fact that it's a playlist, it 
felt a little saucy. We'll just put it there. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he kept it around was really a sticking point. Right. Yeah. So that was interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else? As far as technologies go, there were also the the evil Imperial robots mm-hmm. that they had. Yeah. And toward the end, they made more of an appearance in the movie. Mm-hmm. And those really were designed well. They looked scary mm-hmm. and evil. Yeah. So they without saying words really did well communicating what their intent was mm-hmm. in comparison you have the imperial guard and you have stormtroopers from the star wars franchise never look that scary no yeah yeah stormtroopers they they look neat but yeah they are not they're not scary scary at all no, they're kind of bumbly they're bumbly and they get sh- they get they miss all the time when they shoot <laughs> And they can get killed with one shot. So you'll you'll wonder, why don't they just run around in shorts and like a (laughs) sleeveless shirt? That's a really good point. What is that suit doing for them? Nothing. It's impeding their flexibility. I mean, how many knife fights are there in space that this is protecting them from? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And even then, the lightsaber is going to knock out of... Anyhow. Yeah. I don't want to cheese off too many of the... Hardcore Star Wars fans. There are a lot of different sci-fi movies that ask you to suspend your disbelief, and that is frequently one of the ways they do it. (laughs) What's interesting about this movie as well is that they seem to borrow um, visual cues from a lot of alien life forms that you Mm -hmm. have already encountered in other sci-fi movies, Mm -hmm. which could technically be intellectual property infringement, but it helps with the plausibility of this world too where like you've seen these aliens before you're like Mm -hmm. oh this could this could potentially be a world where all of these sci-fi movies exist and everybody's come together to this one space station yeah 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 and fundamentally the movie's about a giant cover-up so the more things change the more they stay the same it's true i mean (laughs) government cover-up the underlying plot it's a space opera so yeah 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 so yeah any other thoughts there's Uh, a lot going on with this movie yeah well what is it two and a half hours long it's two and a half hours long (sighs) it's like das boot practically (laughs) (laughs) it's another one you just need to clear your day or or the right stuff that at all though like the experience of watching the movie is totally different Mm -hmm. it's true (laughs) it goes quickly i mean it's constant action but it's it's a long one and i'd say good for you know, good family movie. I don't know about tiny little kids, but... It's PG-13. Yeah. So, there's you know. a little bit of what I would call sexual harassment that happens in the beginning. and There's some racy parts. And if you have young kids, like mm. I, th- I believe some of the relationship dynamics will be lost on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's to be expected. But yeah. there's nothing overtly like shield your eyes, children, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Although... Yeah, there are aliens who get their heads blasted off. Do they um, show the, the heads being yeah, blasted off? Yeah, I seem to recall that. Oh. Remember in that scene when she's going to get her head eaten? And they yes. come in and save her and they start just casually blowing the heads off of... 
Yeah, I don't those... remember the gory part. But since, again, since watching this movie, I've watched the new Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> that is super gratuitously really graphic. Really? In a shocking way. I was like, I can't even believe that they showed some of the gore. Did you ever see the game? Yes, I have seen the game. And, the, and you're still surprised. The live action version of Mortal Kombat oh. is shocking. <laughs> well, I think it would have to be. Because the game was already pretty terrible. This is not my endorsement. No. How good the movie is, though. I mean. But I, I do endorse the Valerian and the World of a Thousand Cities or whatever. City of a, a Thousand City. Planets. I can never get that right. <laughs> it's good entertainment. It's good entertainment yeah. for people over 13. <laughs> All right. Now, um, anything blow you away? Yes. This week? Good. So... I was looking through Halloween-related articles when I came across this. Mm -hmm. But there was a tablet that dates back to 1500 BCE that's been discovered that is thought to be one of the first references, like written references to ghosts. And it's in a manual of exorcism. Whoa. Exorcism, I'm using that word lightly. It's like how to deal with people that are trying to transition to the other side. Oh. Yeah, so I thought hmm. that was interesting. Wow, and that is super cool. Okay. Yeah, the thing that blew me away was a series of, I don't know if it's a series of articles. I guess you could say that. But a research that the New York Times came out with about how many, I don't know what you call city, municipalities use funds from traffic stops to pay a major, major portion of their city budget and how encouraging these traffic stops leads to a larger number of things going badly and people getting shot and dying and just what a, basically what a terrible way to fund a city having a bunch of pull out, people getting pulled out. I mean, it's just... It's for, you know, for silly reasons, I not know, silly, well, but for, for, you know, really kind of unnecessary reasons. So when you, like when you lived down South, didn't, when you were driving through small towns, like didn't anybody ever give you the heads up that you need to obey the speed limit because you're going to get pulled over going there's, through? Yeah. There's definitely the town, been places. Like the one stoplight. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's definitely when I was living in Michigan, you know, you'd hear things about, Oh, watch this spot. Or you're going through a certain area, yeah, slow down because they pull everybody over. Mm-hmm. And I always thought like, oh, they just like, they hate people passing through. They just really want to slow everyone down because they got nothing money. else to do. But no, they want your money yeah. to fund their city. And that Stranger. is a terrible, exactly. That is a terrible idea. <laughs> Not that people shouldn't be pulled over for legitimate things that are that are dangerous, but... Uh, anyway, it made me think like that we, this cannot be how we fund cities and I feel like we need to find a way to reduce how many times people are pulled over because it creates a lot of bad situations. So <laughs> anyhow, that kind of blew me away. I, you know, I certainly, I don't know. I, I was really not aware of what a significant portion of city income 
in some places is based on traffic stops. That's the thing that blew me away. All right, so for next week, it's my choice, and I am so excited because it's something that I want to complain about so bad. Oh, gosh. And it is meetings. <laughs> and I hope that you'll share in the podcast what you told me. Maybe if if we make you anonymous in the podcast about... If you make me anonymous <laughs> in the podcast, it'll only we'll be do, We'll do a pretend interview. Now... <laughs> Can we get a voice Kristen changer? wasn't available this week. <laughs> I'll get you one of those things you get at like Disney World where you, it's a megaphone you talk into and it makes your voice like an alien. Yes. Do that. So meetings and how to have them and why they're terrible and horror stories from the world of having meetings. Oh, I'm a professional meeting <laughs> attender. Right. <laughs> okay. Next time on the Instep Podcast. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the In Stuff podcast. If you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode, feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com. That's the letter N, stuffpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the In Stuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, wherever you get your podcasts, or at darkwinternights.com. The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now... Scratch Band's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick, and join the evolution. Scratch Band. More information at scratchband.life.